Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's calling culture time, and we have a lot to give away today. We'll be chatting Derby de la Capitale, Mourinho versus Sarri, Tammy versus Chiro the Hero, more fixtures for the weekend. And yes, everybody, this is a therapy session for my Juventus faithful, Christine Cupo, and my Grela, a debut for him today on, on calling Calcio Que Golazo. We have a lot, a lot to discuss, and let's get things going. Calling Calcio begins right now. Welcome to Colin Calcio Kego Lasso. Thank you so much for being part of the family. We passed 10,000 subscribers on the show. Thank you so much. So we're feeling really good. We're in a good mood today. Not only do we have a $100 Paramount Plus gift card to give away, but to celebrate Sunday's Derby de la Capitale, our friends at New Balance have also given us two limited edition AS Roma kits, one medium, one large, to give away to two lucky viewers. And that's three amazing prizes, people. Christine, how good is that? That's amazing. That 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 brings me way up. My mood's much better improved. I feel like we should probably get a couple of trivia questions out there for those. We should make people work for these. Oh, wow. That's, I've I got guess. something in mind. We'll, uh, we'll see who pops up in the chat. We can I agree. Let, let's see. Mike Grella, it's an absolute pleasure to welcome you to the show. By the way, Thank I just you. realized this is the first time me and you are literally talking, having a conversation. How are you? That's good. That's good. Uh, I'm excited to be on here. I'm doing great. I can't complain. What, what are we giving away again? Jerseys? We're giving away a Roma kits, a limited edition, part of Derby de la Capitale. We're giving a $100 wow. Paramount gift card to see your beautiful face every time Serie A coverage is coming around. We're giving out a lot, but Christine wants to make it difficult. She wants to make some quizzes. I, I don't know. What do you think, Mike? <laughs> I think they got to earn it, too. I think those jerseys are not like 50 bucks anymore. They're like 200 or something <laughs> like that. So. Yeah. So it's definitely got to answer these, some questions or do something. These are the Derby jerseys too, right? Yeah. So oh, this I is mean, limited edition, edition, unique Derby jerseys. Okay. So Christine, you have some questions then. I do. I, okay, oh great. So we'll, we'll, we will get it going. No problem. Uh, I was just going to say to be in with a chance of landing one of these, you're going to have to also, aside from answering some questions, you have to make sure that you drop your handle in the chat and tell us your shirt size. Okay, and our producer, Des Norris, who's Irish, by the way. Happy St. Patrick's Day, Des Norris. Uh, he will pick out three lucky winners. We'll announce the winners on next week's episode, which will be coming out on Wednesday ahead of Italy's World Cup playoff match against North Macedonia. Important point, by the way, you need to have a U.S. mailing address. Okay, I don't know who you think we are, but we can't just mail this to anywhere. Not even my Peruvian family. We can't go all the way to Lima, man. <laughs> Come on now. But welcome, everybody. Welcome to the show. Before we begin, by the way, um, and Christine, chime in here. But Mike, I'm very excited to have you. How have you been enjoying, by the way, the coverage, you being part of the punditry uh, team there with our friends, Marco, of course, uh, Matteo Bonetti, Poppy Miller. It's been great, man. How, how have you been enjoying it? 
Yeah, it's been ridiculous. You know, in my career as a player, every time I was part of something special, you can feel it. Every time I was part of a really good team, a successful team, you can kind of feel that buzz in the air. And, and, and uh, it's the first time since I retired that I kind of feel that buzz again. Um, with being in such a good group, uh, I think it's a really clever group. Um, and it's just been honestly a dream come true. It's been so fun uh, covering the league that I grew up watching. And the way I learned the game was through this area. So um, it's just been, there's no words to describe how happy I am to cover it, to be honest with you. It's been absolutely fantastic uh, to have you. And you've been uh, kind of breaking down the analysis and play action. Uh, Christine, I, I know that uh, Mike, Mike's also Juventus faithful, right? You're both, so you, this is a therapy session for both of you? A little bit. I don't know. I feel like um, I probably shouldn't speak for both of us, but I feel like we probably are a little bit unhappy, but are objective enough to realize where the issues are and what has to be fixed. Well, so I got my yeah, pouting session out yesterday, and <laughs> I think that today I'm just ready to focus on the task at hand, which is still top four. Well, we will definitely be discussing Juventus, by the way. And as obviously, we will be talking about the weekend and the expectations, of course, regarding Serie A. Colin Calcio here, Mike Grella, Christine Cupo, of course. Let's begin, everybody, with the Derby della Capitale, okay? Uh, I want to do a kind of uh, Derby della Capitale for dummies, okay? Mike, what makes this rivalry so special, do you think? Yeah, a lot of people actually don't know that Lazio is in the same city as, as Rome. So that that's for starters. Um, but th this this uh, rivalry goes way back. Um, anyone you've heard, like uh, for me, I remember listening to Alessandro Nesta saying that he was recruited to go to Roma and his, fa his family was like, no way, like <laughs> no chance. Um, so it's Roma is an incredible club. Obviously, Lazio is an incredible club. Uh, I think what makes it really special is that they're both high-quality teams. Season after season, um, they've had their ups and downs, but they're normally very competitive teams. And when they play in Europe, it's a lot of fun to watch them. So I think what makes it so great is that how similarly they are matched. I mean, they're only one-point difference this year in the table, but even their histories are, are just uh, very, uh, very close. They're, um, they're on par to play some contextually with, say, like the Derby della Madonnina or the Derby della Mole, which is at the end of the month. The thing here, though, is that it's not simple theatrics. These fan bases genuinely hate each other. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of history there in terms of just cultural, political vibes, um, even things that are a little bit more on the dark side where we're seeing um, ultras minority groups that have had some fascist affiliations and swastikas and things of that sort. So this is very much a legitimate, uh, very serious concern, um, not to hype up this in any any real way, because obviously violence is never good. But they do have a past where there was death by flare once. There was a suspended match back in, I think it was 2004, where there was a riot between the fan bases. So um, again, given light of everything that's recently happened in Mexico, that's not really a hype special point, but you have to understand that this is so culturally ingrained, also politically ingrained. Um, and just, there's a lot of people that feel like there is a right and a wrong in this derby. So we'll see uh, how things, how things really pan out. I think that we, we, I saw a few bits from Mourinho and from Sari this week in terms of how they're looking at things. Mourinho seems very, um, Europa League leaning, where he's like, I'm very focused on the test. Sorry, is sort of like, hey, we've had a bit more rest, um, but the absolute, like, incessant stream of matches that we're expected to play um, statistically 
like a true former banker, um, the man's like, I don't think that this really pans out well for any team that's involved in this sort of rapid schedule. Yeah, to add fuel to the fire, of course, this weekend uh, has uh, multiple derbies all over, right? El Clásico, of course, uh, Super Clásico in South America. This is just another example, as you were saying, Christine, about two fan bases within one city who truly detest each other. And Mike, just like you, I mean, I, you know, I'm Peruvian, but I grew up in England and Serie just exploded in the 90s, of course. And this was just such a perfect example of those fixtures. And regarding this one, everybody. Uh, I, I want to ask everybody a question, then I'll throw it out to this great crew. It's uh, Joseph Mourinho against Sarri. I mean, talk about adding fuel to the fire of an already, you know, heated rival. Who has impressed you the most this season? Who do you think, Mike? For me, Sarri's team plays better. Um, you know, they score more goals. They play better football. When you watch uh, the team, when you watch Lazio play, it's really easy on the eye. Um, they have experienced players. They have some of my favorite players. They have uh, Milinkovic Savic, Luis Alberto. Uh, you, you look at Pedro on the side, who is, is ageless. He, he looks fantastic this season. Uh, Felipe Anderson. So Lazio, for me, are easier on the eye. I think they're starting to understand the balance of transition and when to defend a little bit better, uh, which has made them you know, sneak up to fifth, right? Because a lot of people wrote them off, and they're in fifth currently. Um, and not far behind getting in the top four. So still with nine games to go, I, I believe, you never know. Um, Roma, very choppy changey. Mourinho's changed the team many times. He's changed the players. He's come out and said bad things about some of the substitutes. Um, Shocker, uh, that one. That's yeah. customary for Mu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he also he changed, you know, from four at the back, he changed to five at the back. Zaniolo started as a winger, then played up top. Now he's somewhere in between. Um, so I think Mourinho has uh, a rockier ship in, in Roma, but both teams in a position now uh, sort of where they expected to be with the outside shot with nine games left to get into the top four maybe, and which would be an unbelievable accomplishment. I think the report card for those, these two teams is going to come not only from this game, but also what happens in the last nine games. If they sneak into the top four or even fifth, I think then you can say w which manager had the better season. Yeah. Cece, thoughts on that? I mean, what do you make of uh... – Sarri against Mourinho. Obviously, both uh, have history, not just in Italy, uh, in England, of course, right. as well. How, how do you see Chelsea this game? United. So the thing is, they've met um, last year in this derby, and Lazio won 3-2. Um, previous meeting, when they were both in Premier League, uh, they drew. <laughs> so I think they're fairly matched. I just think it depends on... Um, their general focus. It seems like I would like personally to see Roma win. Um, I think that uh, Sari seems to be a little bit more realistic. He also likes to play a lot more attacking. Um, we'll see. I think that the way that Mourinho has shaped this thus far, he's really not all in, but he's also acknowledging that like derbies really exist within a capsule, right? Like they're not your regular run of the mill uh, matchup, regular season game. Um, it can go either way. I would like to see Mourinho get a win here. I, I just, who's, I, I think it's going to come down to really like Tammy Abraham and Cherry Immobile. Yeah. Um, Immobile really is largely responsible for that pen that had them like leapfrog up the table where they're at now. And I don't think that sorry really foresaw that being um, a reality right now. And I think that's why he's being a little sheepish about uh, top four claims. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, if we just think about a little bit of some pre-match statistics here, you know, Lazio, after winning that 3-2 game in the reverse fixture, they could win two Serie A games in a row against Roma for the first time, by the way, since uh, November 2012. That's when they did three consecutive victories. Uh, However, Roma are unbeaten at home against Lazio in Serie A since 2017. So something has to give. You mentioned Christine Cupo, Tammy Abraham against Chiro, the hero Immobile. This is clearly the two going against each other, but there are individual matchups all over the pitch, obviously riled up by the fact that can they handle the pressure of a derby, a, a big game that can be so contentious. So Tammy against Chiro Immobile, where else are you looking in this game? I mean, Milenkovic Savage is going to be... He's ridiculous, by the way. I absolutely love that kid. Uh, like I, kinda, he, I, hate, I hate that there's so many really good players mm. under Sari. Probably just legacy stuff for me because it's almost like, a, well, why couldn't we get that? Why can't we get that to work at you? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's... If you let Sari play Sari ball, you, you, you see things happen here. Yeah. Mike? Yeah, no, I, I think uh, Abraham has been impressive... Uh, Chile Immobile, always impressive in the Serie A. Uh, but these two teams are so evenly matched. I think I think for me, it's not a matter of the matchups in the field so much, but I think it's a matter of if Lazio can find the balance. If Lazio can find the balance to, uh, uh, to play their football, but also be careful not to to concede on counterattacks. Like, they've, they've been better at this recently. But uh, what Roma is actually doing, what I've been seeing, is, is that they play with five at the back, very difficult to break down. And they're leaving uh, Zaniolo and Abraham up uh, to cheat. So it's very interesting because Zaniolo's fast. Uh, Abraham's quick. They get uh, uh, one, one of the other midfielders running from the midfield. And they become very, very dangerous in the counter, which is, happens to be Lazio's weakness. Yeah. So it will, dep- it will depend if Lazio go out and just play their game and play open and play uh, susceptible to the counterattack. I think they'll lose. I think they'll struggle with the tough Roma side. Uh, but if Lazio are a little bit more careful, a little more patient, I, I think Lazio have the quality to uh, – I think they have more quality than uh, than Roma. Yeah, the interesting thing about these two managers is that for large periods of matches, they're very reactive. They react to what's happening against the opponent. And if that happens a lot in a game, it's going to be, you know, as we mentioned, you know, down to the balance of how, you know, the rhythm of the game sort of fluctuates. By the way, in terms of the table, right, you got – you know, as Mike was mentioning earlier, Lazio are fifth, okay, 29 games played, 49 points, and Roma are seventh with 48 points. So the point differential is not that much, but, you know, there you have Lazio trying to creep in in the top four, Atalanta in between with a game in hand. Of course, they got some Europa League contests. All right, Christine, give me some predictions here. What do you see? Uh, I think I think Roma could take this. I'm going to say, uh, let's go 2-1 Roma. Okay. Okay, Mike. Uh, I think uh, I think it will be a draw because I think both teams. I think Sadi will be a little bit more cautious, and I, I I don't think Roma have the ability to break down Lazio if Lazio don't give them a lot. Yeah. You know, and and it's a game that can come down to set pieces. I think it will be a tightly contested game. Uh, Roma with five at the back is going to be difficult to break down. So I think it will be low scoring, and I think it will be a I think uh, it will be a draw. It will be difficult for both teams to really take over the game. All right. Well, I'm going to go back to the that that stat. I, I can't I can't shake it off. Like winning two of the last three Roma derbies in Serie A and as many they had in their previous 15 beforehand. I think Tammy Abraham is going to be key, but Chiro the hero 
Immobile is going to cause some mayhem. What do you think, everybody? Call to action. We've had some good comments, by the way. Uh, the battle in the midfield will be key. I agree. I think that was from Hansa. Uh, and Christine, here's your moment. If you have a quiz question, yeah, let's, we're let's giving away okay? some shirts, baby. Christine, All talk right. to me. So <clears throat> my first question, um, and also this is for either a medium or a large. So when you're answering, just throw <laughs> your thing in there because I think we can get Des to pull whoever's first and correct there with their I thing. I feel bad because we're asking them to put in a lot of info here. I Answer want you to question. hop on your left your leg or right now. Um, okay. Also, guess my middle name. Um, all right. So uh, what was the first question? I wrote this down and everything. All right. Um, which player is the third to score for both clubs in the Derby della Capitale. Third player to have played for both clubs and score in the Derby della Capitale. Oh, that's a good one. I like it. Mike, do you know the answer to that? I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I'm thinking too. That's a good question. Say it again, Christine, so everybody okay. knows. So which player played for both Roma and Lazio, and they're the third player to score for both clubs in the Derby della Capitale? I like it. So if you know the answer to that, write it in the chat, write in your size. We're already getting some answers here, but remember, this is being picked by random. And also put in your size and everything like that as well, because we have some, oh, very good, very good. Do you have another question, Christy? Um, what was the other one? I do have another question. I'm just trying to think where I put it, because I did write these down, because I was like, we got to have something. <laughs> did Gigi eat it? Something little spy Gigi, Gigi, did you eat my... You know. you uh, the paper. I'll find it. I'll find it. Don't All right. Boys. Well, so far that f that first question is being answered by many. Very, very good. And by the way, we also have a one hundred dollar promotional gift card. So make sure, and we'll ask it at any point. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will do the Juventus post mortem. We'll talk. What else is on the menu this weekend, including Inter Milan against Fiorentina? as well. And also AC Milan, what's going on with them and can they keep it rolling as Napoli are breathing down their necks and more fixtures on the screen and some final thoughts. Uh, Mike Grella, Christine Cupo, calling Calcio. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. Calling Calcio Kigo Lasso Mike Grella, part of our Serie A Paramount Plus team. We have a $100 gift card as well to give. And Christine Cooper, who's always here with us every Thursday. All right, let's do the Juventus postmortem. It's the therapy session, guys. All right. Uh, you're on a couch. You're trying to breathe now. So let's see here. Yeah, not a single handle in the chat. People, you people, I'm telling you. Give me <laughs> your handles. Do you want free stuff? It's basically what we're saying to you. My God, come on now. If this was a room full of Peruvians, there'll be like even fake handles given to you. Right <laughs> I'm telling you that, right? Peruvian, Peruvian guy, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> exactly. Free, free shit. I'll take it right now. Are you kidding me? All right, everybody. Let's do the Juventus post morning. Okay, Mike, let's go with you. First of all, Champions League. Juventus out, loses to Villarreal. Thoughts? Uh, disgraceful. I think is my thought. Uh, and, you know, I know you mentioned before, you said I'm a, I'm a big Juventus fan. I, I am. 
I fell in love with Juventus years ago when I watched them play in the Champions League. And I think it was, I forget the year, but it was against Real Madrid where they came back and won. And I love to see all the Italian teams do well in Champions League because I like to believe that the Italian football is the best football. Right? I like to believe it because it's the football I know I understand is the way I learned the game. So I like to see when they compete in Europe. So I fell in love with Juventus then. But I have to say, since the years have gone on, especially the last few years, they, the, some of the business that they do, some of the decisions from management, um, as they've become a more global co- club and lost a little bit of their identity and some cultural points that I, that I really fell in love with them for, I've started to fade away with you know this diehard love for them, and, and I think if you watch the Champions League uh, game yesterday, I think you you'd be very disappointed uh, in the way that they played. Uh, I, I think yes, a lot of people said they they played really well, maybe one of the best games of the year. They had a lot of chances, shoulda, coulda, woulda, but in the end, they lost three zero at home, and that's it. I mean, we can sit forever and talk about what shoulda happened, what coulda happened, but they lost three zero at home to seventh place team in Spain. So for me, it's unacceptable. Uh, no excuses. I think Allegri waited way too long to put Dybala. Um, and, and I think that they got beat at their own game, which was also... Uh, yeah, which that's was the key for me. I think, they, yeah. I think uh, Una Emery played Allegri's hand against Allegri and, uh, just said, and just became not just reactive, but patient with everything that was coming their way. And by the way, Juventus had injuries, Christine, clearly, but so did Villarreal worth mentioning by the way some other key players what would you take of that loss um again probably some of their prettier ball they've played this season but pretty doesn't win matches so i mean with that there's an entire roster full of injuries i think that um they came out hammering they certainly had at least five shots on target um between vlavic morata uh there should have been goals there were not goals. That's that's simply the game, right? Like that's just the way it shakes out sometimes. Unfortunately, the second half, um, they weren't the same team. And I think that a little bit was, they seemed to give up a bit. At one point you saw two UVA defenders, four in the box, just sitting there and you're like, where is everybody? You could at least pretend to put in some effort at this point. Yeah, I don't think um, But then to the other point, once they were up, right? I think that, and Everybody can feel free to disagree with me. Mike can be like, Christine, stop stop drinking so much caffeine in the morning. But um, <laughs> what was the best possible outcome once they were up one? Was that us drawing level? And then what? Who do we have on the bench if we go to extra time? We're not winning this game. In my point, like, I mean, being realistic about this. I just think I played it out in my head in ways it could have gone. And... Yeah, Allegri got outmanaged here, but he also didn't have all of the possible tools at his disposal for us to do well. Um, but at the end of the day, were we good enough to make it to like the final? No. Semis, no. Um, but quite frankly, neither is Villarreal. I don't see them going very far. They barely outplayed us. They didn't have a fairly solid game, in my opinion. I think they figured it out. And unfortunately, sometimes those are how games are won. Yeah, here's a question for you, Mike. How many instances of actual uh, coordinated, cohesive pattern play have we seen from Juve this year? It's possibly not a stretch to say it's in the single digits. Yeah, I I mean, listen, I I think it's important to understand how difficult it is to play against a team that plays 5-4-1, but also 5-4-1 inside their own box. It's very difficult. There's really... 
no patterns of play. I think when when this happens, I think the space you have to try to find areas wide and continue to cross and continue to cross, but and be patient. Uh, so it is very difficult. But in general, if you've watched Juventus this season, they've they've won games that they've been dominated in. I, I can't remember exactly offhand which ones against small Serie A teams where they've been dominated in Torino, dominated in possession, dominated in passes forward, dominated in, in every way. I mean, which another good way to look Allegri. at it. Allegri's fine with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean. <laughs> That's kind of you, what he got brought in for again, right? You, you for look, the stability. You, you look at some of these players like Vlahovic, right? For me, Vlahovic is a $100 million player, maybe more, right? Yeah. And these are assets of a, a very important, very important asset of a very important club. And Vlahovic has less expected goals at Juventus at a much better team than Fiorentina. So for me, yeah, Allegri, I mean, I know it was a big thing about Allegri, all so many results, so many games unbeaten. But if you've watched the games, this is a Band-Aid on a, on a bigger issue. If you want to be one of the top clubs in the world and you want to win in Europe and you want to win Serie A and you want to do these things, you have to find a way to dominate games like they did when they had the midfield of Pirlo, Pogba, Vidal, Marquisio. They dominated games. They still played with aggression. They still played defensive. Uh, they were very difficult to beat. Nobody in the world wanted to play against them. But they still dominated games in possession. And also, possession doesn't mean a lot to me in terms of just the numbers of possession. It's the meaningful possession. Like both, yesterday, what happened was Villarreal had the ball, Juventus sat back. Then Juventus had the ball, Villarreal sat back, right? But when Villarreal played, they played a little bit more meaningful possession. They have better players on the ball. Yeah, it's, it's something that I always say here. I, I Possession doesn't equal control. Like when you control a game, you don't need possession. And, and that's yeah. that's that's Unai Emery football, actually. And we do have to give credit to a manager who, by the way, obviously made history because he's never made it to the quarterfinals in the Champions League. But he knows Europe. He gets it. And I think that that was a massive thing. But to your point, by the way, you know, you're talking about those great days with Pirlo, et cetera. I mean, I'm looking at this midfield from yesterday. Locatelli is obviously a player, but he's still learning. Right. Artur Rabio, That's not going to do anything to control the game and I feel no, like it did have a good shot yesterday. Bless his heart. For <laughs> Bless every his once heart. in a while, he really comes through. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, it's a difficult, it's difficult because with Juventus, so many people say it's the management. Then people said they don't have the players. Then people mm. say it's so many different things, but, uh, and I think I saw it in the comments is you can lose. That's part of the game. It's, it's possible. Um, some of the best teams in the world lose. Um, yeah, it happens. But yeah. I think when you watch the way they lose, I see a lot of Juventus fans saying, oh, they were unlucky. I see a lot of Juventus saying, fans saying, oh, well, they pushed to get the 1-1. That's why they lost 3-0. But I think when you watch a good team play at home, if they're down 1-0, and Rogani, who gave up the penalty, by the way, was fantastic all night. Yeah. And then he gave up the penalty. But the response for me, the response for me was a team that knew they had no chance to score a goal. The response for me was that a team players that that knew they were not going to score. They didn't really create many chances after that, and then they get the second goal, which for me they give up a simple ball in the midfield, goes into a corner, the worst defending I've seen in a set piece, and then the third goal is almost embarrassing. Uh, you know, Delict alone in the box, jumping yes, at the ball slipping. with his hand, yeah. uh, and looks like looked like a low level team, you know, and so was it was embarrassing. Period. Um, so yeah, they have next season. Uh, they have a lot of things to look at in in the club. But that performance against seventh place Villarreal, and not to take anything away from Villarreal because they were fantastic. They did exactly what they had to do. 
They followed the game plan. But for me, it seemed like they had the same game plan, but that Villarreal had the more quality, more ideas how they were gonna how they were gonna break the deadlock. You know, they knew that they had some players that can create that can unlock the team where Juventus had no one. Juventus has Lahovic and Cuadrado. And aside from those two players, only Dybala, which Allegri left on the bench way too late. And then he put him in when they were already down 1-0. The game was already basically finished. Christine, any final thoughts? Yeah, no, Mike's hit the nail on the head. I think that Juve's problems have been season over season. We've band-aid them. We've patched them. We've duct taped them for the love of God. Um, but we haven't actually addressed any of them. Um, we've kind of pointed at different players to say, oh, that's our new hope, or this manager will stabilize things. Um, but then there's always the unforeseeable circumstance of having like half your significant roster injured when you don't have Bonucci, you don't have Chiellini, you, you don't have uh, Chiesa, you, you know, like the list is so long. McKenney is a huge absence. Like um, we, we kind of found like the, the impossible hole to try to dig out of. Um, and you know what? Like, yeah, they will keep Allegri next season. They're not going to get rid of him at this point. He's on a four-year contract. They've already remedied some of the past manager issues with uh, budgetary constraints and otherwise. I think, unfortunately, much to the dismay of everyone, um, Allegri is doing what he was hired to do at this point. Um, even if it's squeaking by, even if it's not pretty, um, I think he'll still get a, a, a final four, top four finish in the table, which is what Allegri is good at. Um, none of us will be happy, but uh, <laughs> it'll happen. Yeah, well, I, I do want to say this to that question, by the way, because and this is why I was so shocked. Not so much at the loss. You can't lose to Villarreal. It happens when I am is a very good manager, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, a, a reminder, because this is something that we said in the preview, by the way, Juventus, uh, since the turn of 2022, have been the best team in Serie A. 22 points. They were undefeated in the last 15 games in Serie A. So, you know, you, you thought, well, at home, hopefully they can do something. It's even. It's one all coming into it. I was just very surprised at the lack of psychological strength that they came in there they felt you know they were playing some nice stuff but then the moment they conceded they all just fell and that to me is something that really needs to be rectified honestly it's a bit of both i think it's it's just physical strength and a little bit of the mental game i i just they don't really have anything like you knew that whoever we threw on field were mm. who we had and that was about it less dabala that's kind of dire especially in champions league yeah especially compared to other to. squads like, I think ahead. you have to be. Oh, sorry, Christine. I, I think you. I think you have to. Sometimes I think the best managers I've ever had, and that I see, it, they don't get too carried away with the results because sometimes you lose games that you play fantastic in, and sometimes you win games that you play terrible in, right? So if you're only looking at the result or the statistics or everything else, uh, I think you can get lost in that. I think you can read into things that you want to, but regardless if they have the most points in 2022, uh, if you watch them play. You know for sure that they're not going to win anything. You, you, I mean, not Juventus. If this is if this is Roma, if this is um, uh, I, I don't know Fiorentina, if this is another team that's a, a, a upper to mid level team that is surviving in the Serie A, that's playing okay, maybe playing to get into Europe. I can understand. This is the way they do their business. This is the way they're going to get the job done. But not Juventus. Juventus is a global power. They're the best team in Italy historically. Uh, they can't play like like that i mean yeah they can even if you want to bunker in i said this to many people if you want to play defensive football you have to have teeth on the counter we don't even play good in the counter juventus doesn't play good in the counter attack either so for me for me there's a, they have to change and yeah allegri is getting the results or, or he's in the top four now it looks like he's going to get the top four but i i think it was a mistake also to bring back allegri because 
they had him already. It was already an experience. He comes back into the club and it's not fresh. You know, players know where they stand. They know the system. They know everything. And it's not a fresh view, a fresh vision. It's sort of feels antique the way they play, you know? That sort so, of the counterattacking teeth that you sort of mentioned was something that Pirlo really, really wanted and was striving for, which for me, I was more than happy to let him continue. I felt like we should give him at least one fair go where you weren't also balancing and unfurling the pandemic and otherwise. Um, I mean, he was really thrown there abruptly, and I don't think that he ever really got to see anything through the way that he really wanted to. Um, were you a Pirlo outer, Grella? <laughs> no, I, I think originally um, Pirlo shouldn't have taken the job if it, if uh, because he was not ready to take that job. And and he was one of the best players in the world in the history of the game, no question. Uh, one of the most unique players. Uh, definitely inspiration for me growing up watching him play and then lucky enough to play against him. Um, but I think he was not ready to take the job. And I think also then once he took the job, everything was everything was a little bit blown out of proportion. I think actually when you look back at what he had, they played with no striker for, yeah. for I don't know how many years. <laughs> I and, don't think he enough credit. And I feel like he kind he did of, well. like he was martyred. It, it yeah, sucked. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think he did well. I mean, look look at Saadi, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody couldn't wait to get rid of Saadi, but Saadi won the league. <laughs> what? With the, yeah, with I th- listen, I think the key point here is that Pirlo was thrown into the Dragon's Den here. He's never managed a, a proper club. He's never he's coming into it. I mean, I was watching the Amazon documentary and you could see it how sometimes it would. Oh, nobody's taking away what he did as a player, but he was thrown into a massive predicament in that situation. During, by the way, a time when they were still dealing with COVID and, and everything like that. So there's a lot going on. All right, we're going to move on because we got some more to discuss, but thank you so much for the comments. Keep them coming. What else is on the menu? Um, by the way, uh, you know, and in, in good news in Europe, Atalanta are very, very close to uh, securing a nice quarterfinal spot in Europa League as well. So keep, we'll keep our, our, our eyes and ears on that one. All right, Inter against Fiorentina. How do you see uh, this one, Christine Cupo? It's going to be an interesting match. Of course, Inter uh, trying to still wake themselves up from you know, losing in the Champions League heroically, though. Uh, but they did get a result that didn't go their way this past weekend. How do you see this game? Um, I think I think Fiorentina have a chance, quite frankly. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm feeling a little underdoggy this week. I would okay. I'd like to see Inter take another loss. We need to take them down a few pegs. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Juventus side of you coming. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, like sometimes I, I have feelings. Hey, hey, listen, you're talking to a lifelong Villa fan here. I get it. Don't worry about it. Mike, how do you see that game? Inter against Fiorentina. Obviously, Vlaovic leaving Fiorentina, but, you know, Piatek, you know, knows the league, doing okay. They could be, like uh, Christina's saying, uh, a party pooper, definitely against an Inter Milan side that's looking up above Napoli and AC Milan. Yeah, I think it's the worst possible team that Inter can play uh, this weekend because Fiorentina is a team that they want to make the top, but also they're, they're playing with a belief in the system. They're playing with an openness in the game. Uh, they're fun to watch. They, they play the game the way it was meant to be played. It's transitionals back and forth. They play good in possession. Um, they're fearless when they play. I mean, I, I, a lot of it, until like the 12th game, they didn't have a draw, mm. which can tell you that they go and win, they go to play to win the game. I'm also like um, low-key Vincenzo Italiano hive. Like, I really yeah. like Yeah, well, he's been great and he's so refreshing to watch. And the fearlessness that the team plays with is the last thing Inter want because Inter want to play in a game where they control the game, 
yeah. where they have possession, where they wear you down, they put balls in the box with the big guys that they have, they score in a set piece, and then the game is over. It's going to be the opposite. Fiorentina is going to press them. Fiorentina is going to run. Fiorentina is going to put energy into the game. Uh, in a lot of ways, Fiorentina is going to love the atmosphere of San Siro. They have 100% capacity, I believe, this weekend. Uh, is it this weekend? Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I think I think our teams like Fiorentina feed from being in big stadiums like San Siro, away from home, where they can spoil the party. Yeah. So I, I think um, it's going to be it's going to be a very difficult game for uh, for Inter. Yeah, well, that's a Saturday, 1 p.m. Easter Inter against Fiorentina. Des Norris, if you can't put up those fixtures again. Uh, as we look ahead to match day 30 of 38 in Serie A, it begins, of course, with Sassuolo against Spezia. We got Napoli, Udinese as well, 10 a.m. Eastern. Milan visit Cagliari, Juventus, Salernitana. We talked already about the derby. Bologna, Atalanta. Anything there, Mike Grella, that you're also looking at that that appeals to you? The best game of the weekend, Venezia Sampdoria. If you want to really understand Italian football and understand European football in general and what a relegation battle means, mm. you have to watch Venezia. Wake up for seven thirty on Sunday, watch Venezia Sampdoria because those two teams. Uh, this is a six pointer for both teams. Yeah. They, Venezia, it, they're a game behind, but three points behind the three points down into relegation. Sampdoria almost there. If they can get maybe six to eight more points, they're they're safe. So this is a massive game. Venezia had a little advantage because they're home. So this this is going to be such an interesting game. A lot of emotion, a lot of energy in that game. Oh, I love it, oh, man. I got such a you know warmth for Sampdoria in the Mancini uh, Viali days back in the, and that shirt as well. So it should be a very good game. Christian Cooper, any games there that you're looking ahead to? You can't say Juventus. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'm particularly excited to watch that. <laughs> so, what do you like? What other games are you looking oh, for? Time. No, I am excited uh, for Venezia. I'm hoping that they pull it together. I, mm. from day uno, really wanted them to stay uh, a bit higher in the table than they've been. I certainly don't want to see them get relegated. I've said they would stay the course, and we'd see them in Serie A next season. So. Um, my fingers are very, very crossed. Um, oh, yes, of course. We have, like, Venezia fans. There are more Venezia fans that I've seen in New York um, than anywhere else. It's actually really fun to run yeah. into people wearing jerseys. It's. I mean, it's you know, they did they did it the right way when they came back, uh, when they came up to uh, Serie A. Obviously, the jersey release, everything, and, you know, the American contingency as well, that, that, that will help. By the way, Atalanta, uh, Boga scored in stoppage time. So that's 4-2 in aggregate for Atalanta against Leverkusen, so they should be looking good to making it to the quarterfinals. Last push for prices, everybody. Come on now, give us your handles, answer those questions for Christine. Did you find the other question, Christine? I remembered it. I didn't okay. write it down, which is Go why ahead. my brain turned to goo. But, okay. <laughs> Player with most appearances in the Derby della Capitale. Wow. It's going to be tough to you, no? That one you should, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like you know this. <laughs> but throw in the handle and throw in, make sure you give us, uh, you know, not just the answer, but let us know who you are so we can give you these prizes, yeah. by the way. We have a lot. You can just like give them away to nameless, shapeless figures in the chat, although that would be. Oh, well, like I told you, show. I can just go to my Peruvian WhatsApp family group and I'm going to just give them away. I'll sell them for double the price in Lima. I'll make that happen. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, let's do final thoughts now with uh, Kristen Cooper and Mike Grella. By the the way next week's calling Calcio, everybody's going to be on Wednesday. 
because we're previewing the Azuris World Cup playoff first leg against North Macedonia. It's the international break, obviously, from next week. So calling Calcio next week is Wednesday. Just a reminder. So uh, any final thoughts as we say goodbye? Perhaps squad predictions for the Italian national team. How about that? Mike Grella, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go through the entire squad for the. We're talking about the squad for Italy, right? Yeah, we wouldn't ask you to do that. But any intriguing <laughs> names like well, Balotelli, right for example, now. that could be. Yeah, but I, I want to name a couple names, but uh, Caprari has okay. been someone who's been has been excellent. Uh, a lot of people, when you, they talk about the national team, they say, "Oh, Insigne should play on the left." But uh, why? Because he, he he only scored one goal in open play. Hasn't been good. If you watch him in the Champions League, you watch him in the big game against Milan where it was probably the biggest game for Napoli in I don't know how many years with nine games left to win the Serie A, um, just didn't didn't show up. So instead of Insigne, I like Caprari. And and then the top team, the guy who's in top form for me, that also can be a leader in the team, is Berardi. Berardi has been so fun to watch. He's been excellent on the ball. He can hurt you on the dribble. He can hurt you from outside the box, inside the box. He can thread the final ball. So those players... Are, are players to watch in the Serie A, players that should be in the national team, but they're the hottest players. They deserve to wear the shirt uh, right now. And I've always understood the Italian national team is whoever deserves it, whoever uh, merits it in that moment should be wearing the shirt, not someone who did something five years ago. As a famous uh, saying in soccer is, you're only as good as your last game. And I think the Italian national team has to pay attention to these last games leading up to this game. Yeah, Domenico Berardi, of course, plays for Sexy Sassuolo, a 27-year-old. Uh, should be a good choice. Kristin Kupo, final thoughts for you. It doesn't have to be the Italian national team, but you can go there if you want. Uh, I mean, in terms of Italian national team, obviously, we, they need to win. Um, but I'd like to maybe see um, Balotelli's smiling face. That would yeah. be kind of nice. It would be interesting to see Mario Balotelli as well as they look ahead. Let me are you are you guys nervous? I mean North Macedonia is one thing, but then the 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 the, the possibility of course of facing Portugal. Uh you know, hey listen, as a Peruvian I know too well what it's like to not make it to the World Cup. So but it's Italy though, <laughs> coming off winning European championships. This needs to be get done, Mike Grella. No? I mean North Macedonia for sure, but after that North Macedonia, I think they'll go through. I think they're they're at home. I think they'll go through. But I'm th- I think they're going to have a lot of difficulty in the next game. I see them 50-50 going through. Yeah. Uh, and don't don't forget, Luis, we just missed the World Cup mm-hmm. not long ago. So, so this would yeah. be so you have the this would be an unbelievable failure. Also, I owe an apology to Christine. So, Christine, I went to I have a, a little gym in my house. I and I have a boxing uh, bag, a, a heavy bag. Tell me so more. I'm like. I'm like <laughs> Well, I can do this. So I jump up on the bag and I swear to God, I didn't fall, but I, I couldn't get up. I couldn't get up, not even an inch. So I was like thinking of you when I did it. And I was like, I got to I got to tell her about this. So, Mike, so props, honestly, props to what you did. Now. It was amazing. I was like, damn. OK, so I did not know they were throwing that clip up. Um, which is hysterical. Because I was like, oh no, what did I do? Um, but the 3.5, the generous 3.5 really kind of hurt my feelings. I was like, wow. <laughs> like, I'm I'm pretty tough. Like, I'm pretty fit. And I was like, that was a struggle for me. Not I was speaking from inexperience. I'm five four. I could barely hang on to that bag with my legs. I was like, yo, I need to be 6'5". I need like this Latin bump. Yeah. After um, further review, after further review, it's definitely like an eight. <laughs> 
because it was tough. I couldn't even move an inch. I was, uh, I'm not going to lie. I was about to just challenge you to some feats of strength, knowing that we both have the same cartilage knee issue and be like, listen, anything I can do, he can do. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, the backstory to this is of course, Satan Ibrahimovic, uh, you know, jumping on his bag and being, well, being Slatan Ibrahimovic and Christian Krupa doing a very good job at uh, imitating that. And Mike, Luck it will. Thank, thankfully for us, you're alive uh, for us to tell us this story. <laughs> you didn't get yourself too hurt in that situation. I love it. I love it. Hey, listen, Mike Grell, it's been an absolute pleasure, my friend. It's been great watching you, Sedia Paramount Plus. Uh, make sure that you follow him as well and watch all his content as well as Sedia returns uh, on Paramount Plus the weekend before the international break. Mike Grella, thank you so much, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me, Luis. A lot of fun. Christine, it was fun. I love it. I love it. Christine Cooper. Thank you, Christine. (laughs) Always a pleasure, Christine Cooper. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on Colin Calcio. Don't forget, next week, Wednesday's Colin Calcio, as we'll be discussing the Italian national team and their game against North Macedonia and much, much more. That's my Grella, Christine Cupo, LME. We will see you next time. Have a great, great rest of your week. Till then.